You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Welcome back to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. I am your host, Isaac Watson, and uh, I want to just thank all of my listeners for taking the time to listen to Church Talk with Isaac, for taking the time to giving me your feedback and uh, all of your support. Um, you know, we've had thousands of downloads now and from all over the world. Uh, uh, actually. And uh, and I am just so grateful. Thank you all. I'm so glad that through um, this podcast that you all are able to enjoy it. You all are able to gain a uh, fresh perspective and you all are able to gain some knowledge um, uh, for those of you who say that that's what you're getting. Um, before I go any further, I want you to stop whatever you are doing, wherever you are, and take time, if you have not already, to, to rate Church Talk with Isaac. Um, I would love a five-star rating if that's what you've received from this podcast. Uh, if you're new to this, I encourage you, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes that have been released. I believe this is episode 31. This is episode 31. So I have 30 episodes that you can go back to and listen to. Uh, and let me know your thoughts. Also, take this time right now. And if you have not, I would like to hear your feedback. Go ahead and leave a review and let me know uh, how Church Talk with Isaac has impacted you. Um, not just let me know, but the rating is for the uh, for others who may not be familiar with this platform, with this uh, uh, podcast. And it lets them know what to expect from Church Talk with Isaac. So I would really appreciate it if you did that. Uh, it helps to get the word of this podcast out there. All right. Listen, I want to start a, um, a new uh, episode today on a, on a topic that uh, I believe if you've been in church any amount of time, you've either seen it firsthand, you've heard about it. It's something that have that has given the church um, a bad rep, a bad reputation in some instances, uh, just based off of personal experience. And I believe it's something that deserves conversation. And what I want to talk about today is leadership and immorality. I want to talk about leadership and immorality, church leadership, whether this is senior leadership, someone who is your 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 local uh, pastor or senior pastor or senior leader or whatever you call it, senior servant. I've heard uh, apostle, uh, whoever this individual is, male or female. Um, let's talk about it. What happens when sin enters uh, into a church through the senior leadership or even pastors that are a part of a local assembly or leaders that are a part of a local assembly. Uh, I want to deal with that. I also want to take time to talk about the difference between immoral leadership and simply imperfect leadership, because oftentimes they can look very similar from the outside uh, when you don't know all the ins and outs and you don't know all the details. But there, there are times where we may what we may call immoral leadership is simply imperfect leaders. And I want to let you all know that there is a difference between the two. There's a difference between imperfect leaders and immoral leaders. This is the difference lifestyle lifestyle is the difference between the two uh someone uh 
you know, having a fall, you know, we, what we would call a fall or 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 sinning or committing a sin or an offense against someone that does not automatically make them an immoral person. It makes them imperfect. And what I've seen in the church oftentimes is a labeling of, hey, don't mess with this person. Hey, don't go to this church. Hey, run for your life because uh, this person did this. Uh, this person uh, uh, doesn't handle the money right. Or this person was caught in adultery or this person, uh, um, you know, is a drunk or this person curses cusses or whatever and 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 uh, and oftentimes we would label people all based off of an experience or our personal experience or even information or gossip about someone and then now we create a perspective and we uh, 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 uh we create a perspective about someone and then what we do is we spread our perspective and we create perspective in other people about how to view someone and the fact of the matter is that hey they may not be immoral they just may make a mistake and the biggest differentiation between the two is lifestyle is this something that this person practices or is this something that this person just might have um made a mistake and did uh now when i say make a mistake it's not always unintentional. Sometimes people can do things that they later on regret and they can do things that they later on are repentant in. And I believe that uh, one of the things that we have to learn in the church is an aspect of the ministry of Jesus that is oftentimes overlooked, that is oftentimes uh, not understood and not demonstrated by the church. Because um, the fact of the matter is this. Sometimes we can have unrealistic expectations for people. And um, as sheep, sometimes we can desire that uh, our leadership or we can think that our that our leadership uh, have to be perfect, that they cannot make mistakes. They cannot have weaknesses or anything like that. And to be quite honest, that is unrealistic. There are often times where people have unrealistic expectations for their leadership. And I want to say this, that no one is perfect, but God doesn't look for perfection. And sometimes we would like to think so, but God doesn't look for perfection. God looks for the excellency in heart, the excellency in serving. James said, uh, the apostle James said in James chapter three, verse one and two, this is what he says. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. James says, look, nobody's perfect because nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. This is all the more reason why you should not uh, uh, desire to be a teacher so quickly without understanding uh, what it looks like to be one, without understanding the scrutiny that comes with that and without understanding um, um, the standards that comes with being a teacher of the word, a leader within the church. Uh, 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 James says, let not many of you become teachers. And quite often what we see is 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 uh, people wanting to be teachers, people wanting to be recognized, people wanting to be leaders within a local church. Um, but the question you have to ask yourself is, do you have the capacity? 
Do you have the moral strength? Do you have the moral integrity to do it? Oftentimes, we find ourselves in a place where uh, we think that we may be strong enough to handle something, but in actuality, you may not even be built to be in that position. You may not be built to lead people in a particular way or to oversee people uh, 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 because of some internal things that you may have going on. So I believe that um, when we are looking at leadership, when we're looking at people who we may deem as immoral uh, or, or whatever the case may be, one of the things we have to learn to do is examine the fruit of these individuals. We have to learn how to examine their fruit. Uh, and uh, I mentioned earlier that there's a, a uh, there's a ministry of Christ that many of us lack. That ministry is a ministry of mercy. Jesus was a min a minister of mercy. He had a ministry of mercy. Isaac, what do you mean by that? What do you mean that Jesus had a ministry of mercy? Let's look at all of the leaders that that Jesus had to lead, that Jesus had to deal with. All right. Um, that are New Testament, New Covenant leaders. Uh, probably one of the greatest ones is Peter. We know the story of Peter, how Peter lied about even knowing Jesus. He lied about it. Not only was Peter a liar, but Peter actually attempted murder. He tried to slice a man's throat and ended up cutting off his ear. And Jesus, listen to what Jesus did. Jesus didn't condemn him. Jesus didn't excommunicate Peter. Jesus simply told Peter to put down his sword. Put down your sword. What did Jesus do? Jesus corrected Peter. Jesus advised Peter. Jesus gave Peter wisdom, told him, put down your sword. And then he gave him an, explana an, an explanation for those who live by the sword shall also die by the same. Jesus had a ministry of mercy. We can look at Jesus and Judas. We can look at Jesus and Paul. We can look at Jesus and Thomas, the doubter. We can look at Jesus and, 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 and the apostles, James and John, who had a self-exalted mindset where they uh, literally wanted, they thought themselves to be better than the other apostles to where they believed that they should have sat on the right hand and on the left hand of Jesus himself. They've exalted themselves, self-exaltation, pride, and and Jesus did not excommunicate them. Jesus demonstrated mercy. He leaded them. He excuse me. He led them. He guided them and he gave them instruction. He told them, look, I know that this is what you want, but the greatest among you shall not rule the way that the world rules. The greatest among you shall become servants. You should not desire to be sat in haughty high places. You should look to be sat in the lowly places. Jesus corrected them. And oftentimes what we do is that we don't want to see leaders restored. We would rather excommunicate them. We would rather condemn them and we would rather not show mercy towards them. And and just in my personal experience, I've seen many leaders fall. I mean, I mean, I'm and I'm talking about you don't have any excuses. You just you messed up big time. Um, you know, you cheated on your spouse. You cheated on your wife. You cheated on your husband. Uh, uh, you got you got you got caught messing uh, with the church members or uh, 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 you got caught many a times uh, drunk and, 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 and drinking with your members and getting drunk with them. And, you know, you've just been caught smoking and, and just doing things that should not be named amongst the leader, homosexual relations and all kinds of things. I've seen leaders fall. But what I've also seen with some of these leaders, 
actually uh, it's sad, but not many of them. But I've seen it with a few of them to where these leaders may have fallen. But after falling, what they've done is they've submitted themselves to a process of restoration, which looked like, hey, you need to become accountable and, and you need to submit to the leadership that's been set in your life. Um, I've seen leaders who've done that, who've sat down from teaching, from preaching, from public platforms for months at a time, for years at a time even, and uh, and uh, have been held accountable by their local eldership, have been held held accountable by those who they are in relationship with, who they've given authority to serve them in a leadership capacity. And I've seen them get fully restored to where they have become repentant and they have they they have restored their relationship with Christ. They've restored their relationship with those that that they've broken, um, that they have uh, uh, betrayed in some instances, uh, that they have done wrong, that they have offended. I've seen relationships mended because of a leader who was immoral. Check this out. Uh, who was immoral at one point, uh, uh, but turning from their immorality and repenting. And then being restored back to their original state. So some of you may be listening. You're like, OK, well, how do I know which one's which? Um, I don't want to submit to an immoral leader. I don't want to be a part of a church that embraces immorality. I do not want to be a part of that. Um, how do I know the difference? Uh, again, is it a lifestyle or was it something? Was it a mistake? Was it something that they did that they were remorseful about, that they were repentant about? Um, um, you have to learn how to discern the fruit. Are they being held accountable? Look at the signs. Are they being held accountable for whatever's going on? Are, are they being warned by their leadership, by other people? And uh, are they ignoring the warnings and the signs or are they submitting to a process of being um, a restored? Um, uh, uh, one of the greatest things that you can look at that you can ask yourself is, do they have a reprobate mind? Have they been turned over to a reprobate mind regarding sin, whether that's homosexuality, whether it's drunkenness, whether it's forms of oppression and abuse, whatever it may be, whether it's racism or idolatry? Have they been turned over to a reprobate mind? What do you mean? Do they now justify their wrongdoing as something that they are deeming? to be right are they are they are they justifying wrongdoing and uh, and finding scripture to right their wrong to righten their wrong are they are they are are they unrepentant and now are they building doctrines around their shortcomings these are things that we have to look at and i say in those instances where you start seeing that immorality is going to start spreading through the church it's going to start spreading through the leadership you're going to start seeing people leave the church and if that's the case you probably need to do the same if if you see no sign of hope if you've prayed and you fasted and you just you don't know what else to do and you've seen nothing change and 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 now you see that this leader or these leaders have been turned over to a reprobate mind they have now just embraced what they're doing as just their way of life and now you can't even say anything to them they're completely blinded to the reality that what they're doing what they believe what they're saying where they're going is absolutely uh Okay, they're just blinded to the idea that what they're doing is wrong and they just think it's okay. At that point, listen, I mean, if you got to make some decisions, you have to make some decisions. But what I want to extend 
to my listeners today is that we have to be able to differentiate between the imperfect and the immoral. The imperfect, we have to have a heart of restoration. God wills that none shall perish. Jesus wills that none shall perish, but that all would come to repentance. We have to have a ministry of mercy. I know what it's like to not be merciful. I've been, I've lived actually probably most of my Christian life with a, with a, look, you didn't messed up. You marked, you know, and hey, you know, I don't want to have no dealings with you. But over the years, over the years, um, I've learned the importance of Jesus, the merciful one, Jesus, the man of mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to be able to develop that same type of ministry, that same type of heart, the restorative nature, um, a, a culture of honor and, and, and a, 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 to the point to where we don't want to see people fall. We don't want to see people in a place to where they are um, doing wrong and no one says anything to them. Listen, I want to admonish you if that is the case, if you are in them those type of scenarios we have to learn the ministry of mercy mercy and love speaks truth hallelujah speaks truth to those who may not be living according to it so i just want to say y'all there's a difference let god cultivate in you a ministry and a heart of mercy but yet at the same time don't ignore the immor- the immoral don't ignore immorality don't ignore clear signs that this person doesn't want to change because at the end of the day they have to be held accountable to God at the end of the day they have to respond and they have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and they have to give an account for what they've done for what they may be doing and at the end of the day that is God's responsibility to judge them but it's your responsibility to stay pure is your responsibility to not take the cue from their immorality based off of their immorality and to justify lifestyles that you know are compromising is your responsibility to be holy to be pure to be pure in heart to live in love to live under uh, 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 the ministry of the of the mercy of God, the covenant of Christ uh, 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 to where you live a life that's reconciled to God and where you protect your relationship with him. Immorality is a real thing. Sin is a real thing. It messes many people up. And maybe I need to do one about church hurt and about, you know, what we call church hurt and, and uh, whatever leadership hurt and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to do one on that because we need to we need clear. We, we actually need to know how to recover from those types of things. So maybe I'll do that. I'll give you all a bonus episode later this week. And I'm going to I'm going to address some of those things. All right. So listen, I hope this blessed you. Uh, listen, if you haven't already share this with someone, let them hear this. And uh, and remember to subscribe. Remember to leave a review. And uh, I love you all. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.